Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All right, everybody, welcome back uh, to the Super You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. <laughs> the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. All right, as always, Michael Mergens uh, has saved us. That first segment, that kind of like going to your high school prom without your pants on. You're there, but you don't feel very comfortable. Uh, I feel a little better now uh, that uh, Michael is working on it. Patrick, I hope you feel a little better, too. I'm glad you stuck around. Yeah, it was kind of weird sitting there in silence for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Luke brought up during the uh, the break uh, something that I think is a really good idea to talk about, and that's all the shifting in uh, in college football uh, and and conferences. I guess I should say collegiate conferences. Uh, we we see more and more of that shifting. But as I heard Luke say to you, the Sun Belt seems to be really solid. Do you think, in in light of all the changes that are swirling around, the Sun Belt may be looking to add teams? No, I well, I think the Sun Belt's interest is to kind of stay put uh, for the most part where they are. I think they like their membership the way it lays out geographically. Um, but there is there, there is an element of uncertainty here, uh, which I, I'm, I'm not uh, sold on the idea that the ACC is going to add Stanford, Cal, or SMU, which has uh, been the speculation they're reporting here in recent days. Uh, I think there was the ACC met, was it last night? And they really kind of decided not to make, take any action at all. Uh, which, I mean, is probably the right thing to do. They need to take time and think this through before they take such a drastic move to add uh, Cal and Stanford. So for, that, that's just a huge gap, you know, between the two conferences geographically. So, But there is that chance, you know. If SMU le- leaves the American, uh, you know, the chances are they're going to look at the Sun Belt, they're going to look at Conference USA, they're going to try to, fill that gap. Uh, the Texas market is important important for them. And I, I do think the Sun Belt is stable, and I don't expect much in the way of change. Uh, but what makes the American still an, you know, a viable option is that, the, you know, their TV deal, which it goes runs through 2032, and uh, it comes up, I think uh, I think teams are getting $7 million a year. Uh, schools are getting $7 million a year through that deal. So, And that is a significant bump up from, say, what the Sun Belt has, or the MAC, or, or definitely Conference USA. So there's that uncertainty out there. But I mean, in terms of the future of the Sun Belt, it's fine. I mean, they've got strength in numbers and strength in, in just how the, the league makes sense. You know, uh, it remains to be seen. But there is there is some uncertainty out there. Luke, yeah, I mean, so if 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 SMU were to leave, there's a crack in the American. I I yeah. think everybody. If if not if you're not if you're not putting the American and the Sun Belt head to head because that's an argument of subjectivity and you know all that, I would say right now the Sun Belt is far more solid and stable. It, it's the it's across the board. I mean, you put the Big Ten and the and the and the SEC in there. I mean, the Sun Belt what top three or four stability of conference. I mean, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean. Think they, uh... 
the the commissioner has done a good job uh, with how he's put together a conference where there's cohesiveness. You know, all these schools want to you know enjoy where they are. They feel like they're appreciated. Uh, they feel like they understand the the members around them. So yeah, I mean, I would put the Sun Belt right now in a position of of discontinuity. Probably just about you know SEC season can do whatever yeah. the heck it wants Absolutely. to do, and it's in a in a good spot. But I'm, I'm talking about yeah, stability wise, Sun Belt's in a great spot. So here, here's why I'm bringing that up. If if mm-hmm. if there appears to be cracks in the American, if that were to happen. The Sun Belt would be in I don't I don't think the Sun Belt would be threatened by the American simply because the American is a completely different model. I mean, we've seen it twice what they go after media markets. And right. other than Georgia State, what large media market do you have, right? I mean, you 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 don't have one. I mean, you could argue maybe James Madison in Virginia or Northfolk with with Old Dominion. Um, Texas State, but you know, with with UTSA literally right there, um, it, it's just it doesn't. So what I'm getting at is, Patrick, if the Sun Belt were in a place to expand, rather than worrying about their teams getting picked off, if they were to add two teams and and move to six, you know, move to sixteen, what two teams from any other you know group of five conference would would you say? And you could throw a third one in there if one comes. But like primary, who would you think the Sun Belt would say this would be a great fit for us? Oh, I think East Carolina is an obvious one, uh, just because you know I think it would be the East Carolina's advantage, and they'd be back in a situation where they would be playing Marshall and Southern Miss, two schools that really kind of considered uh, their pr- primary rivals uh, whenever they left for the American. So, yeah, and I, you know, and and folks are going to say Memphis, but Memphis isn't going to join the Sun Belt. I mean, they're just yep. not. I mean, Memphis is just in its own little headspace, and it, you know, it, it it's feeling kind of left out right now because it thought uh, Memphis thought it was going to be a Big Twelve, you know, like a year ago, and that hasn't worked out. So, I, I mean, I, UAB makes sense. Um, it would add a you know a market to the league, uh, uh, you know, a a good basketball program, a football program that's in good standing, got a brand new football stadium. I think UAB would bring good value, and that they would actually, you know, for the most part, want to be. In 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 the Sun Belt, that you know, the UAB isn't sitting here thinking, well, we we should be in the Big Twelve or in the right. SEC or whatever. I, I think those are the two that would probably make the most sense. Follow up on that: Where does Tulane fit into all this? You know, I whenever I saw SMU thrown out there, you know, for the uh, ACC, I mean, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, I understood what they're trying to get at, but adding three teams, why? You know. It, Tulane was really the only other program that made sense if they were going to go to a fourth, if they wanted to bring another team in from the American. Tulsa, you know, Tulsa is not a good, uh, it's, it's a really bad fit. Uh, you know, they would bring the market of New Orleans a good academic standing, which uh, the ACC values. Uh, Tulane was really the only program that kind of came to mind. But I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think SMU or Stanford or Cal are going to end up in ACC. That's my opinion. I could be very wrong on that. Uh, but I just see I'm going to see a, I see a lot of reluctance from members of the ACC yeah. to kind of make a move that, like that. They're really unhappy. A lot of the schools are really unhappy uh, with the direction of the ACC and where they see things kind of going in the Big Twelve. Uh, but adding Cal and Stanford and and SMU is just kind of like chasing the bus. They're not they're not ahead of the bus. They're just try, trying to pick up what's ever left over. That's that's just what it feels like. Yeah. Be- because last question for, for for me, 
Be- because either though UAB though that puts three conference schools in one state. If there's you know the, another name's been brought up with East Carolina, would be like Louisiana Tech, and I just think that Monroe and Lafayette. You won't be down with that, especially for how Louisiana Tech ran down the Sun Belt, you know, just a, a few brief years ago. But, but I mean, Patrick, with UAB, I mean, that is three. I mean, th- there comes a point where South Al and Troy have have a, a big say in whether uh, a, another in-state school comes in, right? Yeah, they do, and I, I think you know it was you know Troy and South Alabama are you know off in the southern half, and I think they view, view UAB as somewhat of a rival. You know, I, I think that both Troy and South Alabama would see a lot of value in a UAB. And I think it would be to all schools' benefits. Uh, you know, this is all very theoretical that we're talking about. But if that case ever happened, I think it would be very dim if both somehow Troy and South Alabama didn't uh, oppose UAB. I just think I think they would be on board for it because I think it would, it would improve uh, interest in the Sun Belt and a vital market and, and really just kind of, in a football-mad state like Alabama, I think it would be to the advantage of the conference. Yeah, East Carolina would be a great choice, too. That breaks some more baseball pop uh, to the conference. Right. They, they play really good baseball there. What What is it about Memphis, Patrick? Where, what does Memphis think they are? I'm, I've never quite understood where they're quite as pompous as they seem to be. Well, I mean, their basketball program, they think they should be, you know, in the best of the best, which they are. They do have a very good program. It's been a little bit, you know, up and down in recent years. But Memphis has a, you know, they're in a fairly large market, and they have a proud basketball program. And football has kind of caught up a little bit over time, and they have good numbers there. So Memphis was a candidate for the Big 12, but whenever the Pac-12 began to fall apart, and Memphis went well down the list, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't have that, you know, that cachet, that academic respect that a lot of these school presidents want. So that's why Memphis has just been a little bit on the outside looking in. Do you look around the Sun Belt and see any schools that you think would bolt to the AAC if they got an opportunity? You know, I, I think, you know, it, it would be really tough for the American to, to lose another Texas school. So I think they would look at Texas State. Uh, you know, yeah, I think, you know, like Luke said, they've been really focused on large markets and, and if there's one that fits that, it's Georgia State. But facilities-wise, Georgia State's in a really bad uh, place. They have a nice football facility, but baseball, basketball is is pretty low rung. You know, it's not up there. That's kind of they're kind of where UTSA has been in recent years. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I think UT is if Georgia State can kind of keep improving facilities and generate some kind of interest in the community, maybe they become a decent candidate for someone else. But I, I you know. I don't think there's any clear choice, honestly, for the American. I think they would be really stressing out. Good conversation, Patrick. Glad to see New Orleans on the field come this weekend and uh, be interesting to see Derek Carr, a new era of Saints football begins. Right, brother? Yep. Thanks, guys. Talk to you all next week. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com. I think we have all the technical issues wrapped up, Luke, I think. Hold your breath. For for today. For (laughs) For today. For the rest of, well, at least for the next few minutes. Good. Hold on. The Eagle Hour continues after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, our thanks to Patrick McGee from NOLA.com for the first two segments and to Michael Mergens, our ace operations manager, for uh, correcting the uh, computer issues we have here. I kind of miss the old radio days of carts. Uh, carts never failed you. All you had to do was stick them in the machine. I want to thank Campus Book Mart uh, for their sponsorship of our program. It is the place to get your Southern Miss swag. They're on Hardy Street. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. I want to say hello to our good friend Slade and all the guys down at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Tomorrow is the day to go to 4th Street Bar and Grill. It's Catfish Friday. Take it from a Delta boy. They serve really good catfish at the 4th Street Bar and Grill. They'll be serving lunch from 11 to 1 tomorrow. Go check it out if you uh, haven't done that uh, so far. Chuck Abney, I'm happy to say he's a good friend of mine, a man I've known for a long time. and now works for Pearl River Community College, of course, in public relations. But for many, many years was the sports editor of the Hattiesburg American. Back in the day when I was working in, in television, and uh, you and I often reminisce about the old days, Chuck, but, uh, you know, some things in the old days were just a lot better. And uh, I think coverage of Southern Miss athletics here in Hattiesburg certainly was when you were running the sports department. Kind of remind remind our listeners how many people worked on local sports from the Hattiesburg American in your tenure as opposed to the number zero today. <laughs> the number is zero today, Bob. But, you know, it, it, when Southern Miss played a home football game, it was not unusual for at least four of us to be at the game. Now, that means that uh, uh, someone would write about the actual game itself. One of us would go visit the locker room. Another one would go visit the visitor's locker room. And then you'd have somebody with an opinion column at the end. And, you know, that was what you looked forward to every Sunday when you got picked up your newspaper to find a report of a Saturday football game. 100%. And, you know, and, and, and now you look at it today, okay, and, you know, I'll be frank with you, Bob, and I, I know I'm going to sound ancient here, but I think I'm one of the few people that still take an American at home, okay? Uh-huh. It's a three-day-a-week, three, three and I'm not really sure why I do because there's very little Southern Miss news in it and i'm not just talking about sports i'm just talking i'm talking about news in general okay right, right. uh you, you don't hardly find uh president joe paul's name in the newspaper much you don't find the athletic director and and such as that in the paper anymore and you know those are those are just things that you missed now i i this coming football season is going to be interesting. Bob, I was listening, I've listened to y'all the last couple of days talking about this conference realignment stuff. I tell you what, I, I'm sitting here at my desk uh, here at the Woodall Center, and I'm thinking to myself, I got to find a way to put me a big chart up on the wall here, and underneath it have Sunbelt, you know, SEC, <laughs> American, you know, and I need to do uh. it in pencil. In okay. pencil, absolutely. In pencil, <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, 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 I was, you know, just to keep up with the conference alignment. But you know, Bob, the the thing that really bothers me about all this is the fact that it isn't the football coverage 
or the basketball coverage. It's all the other sports that are suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I mean, can you imagine a parent, you know, uh, coming to play or send, uh, sending their child somewhere to play a, a track or tennis or golf or what have you and not really knowing uh, from year to year, where am I going to be able to go and watch my child play? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And consequently, I, I didn't mean to get off the track because I know we're talking about media coverage. And it, I will tell you, it's just a sad thing. And and we all suffer from it. I think it plays a role in not getting the word out about what's going on at the school. And then that eventually affects ticket sales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if right. you, you know, if we're not writing or putting stuff in the newspaper about games and, and about writing about certain athletes from certain parts of the state, then those folks don't know what's going on there. Okay. That, that, that becomes a matter of ticket sales. Okay. And I, and I know television drives everything, but you know, let's face it, Bob, I mean, how much is too much. Okay, mm-hmm. on television, you know, you turn the TV on now on Saturday afternoon in the fall, and and uh, you know, I don't know. It's just it, it's hard for me to kind of grasp where we're heading with this. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't tell you this, Chuck, but I miss the old days because I miss like getting up on Sunday morning, going out, getting the newspaper, coming back in the house, pouring a hot cup of coffee, lighting my first cigarette of the morning. And reading the sports page, those are those are those are days long gone, aren't they? Well, you know, I I, I kid Rick Cleveland about it all the time. You know, I mean, think about what we used to do, Bob. I mean, I I used to get the Claire and Ledger Sports, and I'd get the Hayesburg American Sports, and my dad was a big times picky in guy. Okay, right. But my mother and daddy were New Orleans people, and when they moved to Hattiesburg. But to them, that the Times Picayune was their Bible. Okay, yeah. And I would sit down in the afternoon, and it might be three hours. Okay, I'm going through all these papers while the NFL games are going on. Correct. You know. Correct. And, and now, and now, I mean, Bob, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but starting, and I think in the next two weeks or two weeks from now. The, the newspaper, the Hattiesburg American, I don't know about the Jackson paper, but the Hattiesburg American is no longer going to be home delivered. It's going to be mailed to you. Wow. Okay? So wow. that means you might get your Sunday paper. <laughs> On Tuesday. Uh, uh, well, it, 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 there's two ways to look at that. I'm told that we might get it on uh, Saturday. Okay? The Sunday Ahead paper. of Sunday. Which yeah. who who? Who wants that? No, Luke. What do you think about all this craziness? Are you old enough, Luke, to to remember? I'm sure your dad enjoyed the Sunday morning sports page while your mom read the, you know, the entertainment section like my wife did. But are you old enough to remember those kind of? Uh, I mean, I would grow up. I would read. I would read Rick Cleveland stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we got the Clarence Ledger. 
you know, I mean, part of it is uh, rather than you guys going through, you know, all the the papers, people scroll now. They scroll Twitter. They they scroll through, you know, different. But I, but I am thankful though, and, and I'll, I'll bring this back to a question, Chuck. So I am thankful for for our friends of the show, like Scott Watkins at at the Sun Herald, Andrew Abadie with Pine Bell Sports, Dima Mixon, and all the great stuff he does um, with the student prints and and cover. Those are young dudes that are still like showing up, writing, even if some of it goes online, 100%. just because of the nature of it. But but Chuck, you know this kind of journalism from afar. I, I am sure that it has affected accuracy and probably right perspective of things. Unlike the guys that stare at it every day. Well, you know, you, you talk about Andrew and some of those guys and what they're going through. You realize they're a lot of them are by themselves. Okay, I mean Andrew's by himself. Okay, and uh, down on the coast. I know they've got a couple of writers on staff. I don't know. Uh, I know Patrick's in New Orleans, but I know their staff is a whole lot smaller than it used to be. And what suffers, Luke, is not so much coverage of USM. We can't get high school coverage anymore. And okay? that's a, and that's a real shame, there, guys. That that's oh, that's the heart of the community. Go ahead, Chuck. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. To well, no, that's okay. Now, I, I mean. You know, that was a big thing to get up on Saturday morning. And if we were going to drive to Oxford or Starkville or, or Hattiesburg or wherever for a college game, you took brought your Saturday paper with you to read up all the high school sports that went on. I yeah. tell you what, now, that I, I honestly miss high school coverage. Well, it goes before. back. It goes back to because I've seen Scott and Andrew do this. They'll they'll have to pick between whether they're covering college or high school that day because you can't be in two places at once. And sometimes people, will, you know, you'll be able to call somebody out of the bullpen. I, I think going back to to Dima because he's been covering uh, camp for Big Gold Nation with Heath, and he, of course he does. I, I think that's why the 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 rise of what the, the student journalism is at Southern Miss, the four or five guys that that run that, and we've really tried to to hype them on this show simply because they're students at their university, and that's been really refreshing because all they do is Southern Miss. And I, I just think that's really cool. Those guys are learning hard journalism, you know, watching their Division One program right in front of their face. But, yeah, these other guys, like like you said, not four guys on staff anymore, just one. Some days you can't cover things because you have to cover other things. All right, Chuck, I'm sorry we're out of time. We're going to get you back. We could do a whole hour on this. It, uh... Oh, no, no, I, I agree, Bob. And, I, I, you know, we're about to start the new school year and new football, Pearl River plays in a couple of weeks. And it, it, it's going to be a good season. I'm looking forward to it. Always a pleasure, Chuck. Chuck Abney, everybody. Pearl River Community College, formerly of the Hattiesburg American. Really special guest for me coming up next. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Chuck Abadie, formerly of the Hattiesburg American, Patrick McGee down in New Orleans with NOLA.com. 
Remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And we want to thank D1 and DBAT for their sponsorship of our program. This is their segment. It is a great place to take your child for baseball and football training or baseball and softball training. And sports of any nature for adults are available and personalized training at D1 and DBAT on Hardy Street. And also want to thank our good buddies at Mo Bay Beignet Company, the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour and the home of the now world-famous Luke Johnson. Six beignets in less than two minutes and 30 seconds. What an incredible day that was. All right, the next guest, uh, hard for me to really even say how important she is to me. She is a, a two-time graduate at Southern Miss, has a bachelor's degree and a uh, and a master's degree in criminal justice, a big Golden Eagle, a longtime Golden Eagle fan. Just, I, I won't say how old. She just had a birthday yesterday, and she's kind of reached that age. She doesn't really like to talk about it much, but I convinced her to come on the show. It is my daughter making her first ever appearance, my oldest child, Amber Getty Heath. And uh, happy belated birthday, dear, even though we obviously talked on your birthday. Well, thank you. And as you reminded me yesterday, I'm halfway to 90. So that halfway was, to 90 years old. <laughs> we do want to ask, though, because of Kelly Sander, because he doesn't buy his children anything. Bob is a much better father on your birthday, right? Absolutely. Although I'm still waiting for my gift. I hear it will be here. It's arriving Monday. too. It's arriving Monday with <laughs> your If it's mother. anything like our checks here at Super Talk, yeah, just good luck with that. <laughs> now, Luke, I, Look, I'm glad you're here. I, I want to bring everybody up to speed on Amber. She's a massive baseball fan. And uh, the good news, Amber, is that uh, Danny Lynch will still be here next year, so you can still see him on the field. Dustin Dickerson and Luke will update you on that. But, Luke, here's the, I think the reason she's such a big baseball fan in part, and I thought about this last night, it goes back to when she was in college. She and a big group of girls uh, shared a house for a couple of semesters, and it happened to be right next door to a house shared by a bunch of Southern Miss baseball players. And they had couches in between the houses, animals, barbecue grills. So you you, you became a big fan of college baseball back before it was really cool. Isn't that fair to say, Amber? Yes, and that semester I believe I was much, a much bigger baseball fan than a fan of school. I'm, I'm not sure how well I did that semester. but Oh, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. <laughs> But you had a good time with the baseball team, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. We, it was always a fun time. And living in Hattiesburg was always a great fun um, in college. It was just a great experience and certainly a big Southern Miss baseball fan. Um, and just really awesome that we get to watch all the games on television. And even if you can't be at the field and you know, and on the weekends, you can still – still catch the game so that's fun yeah your mother not going to try to catch more games next year uh at the field is that even possible <laughs> i don't think it is <laughs> not unless they play more uh but you but you do and you are example of a fan that really benefits from the eagles going to the Sun Belt and the eagles getting on espn plus every weekend right you and your husband christopher y- y'all hardly missed a game yourselves and, and you lived in another state Oh, yeah, we watched all the games, Thursday nights, weekends. Uh, the Sun Belt uh, tournament was just a couple hours uh, down the interstate, so we were able to catch that. And it's just really exciting, and two, to be in a conference where we have more regional matches, so being able to play teams that you can relate a little more to, for instance, Toy or South Alabama, I think it just makes for a more exciting 
experience all around. Unfortunately, you were not here the day, though, that your mother and Wendy Warren convinced me to take them on the field and get a picture with Danny Lynch. No, I missed that, but I did get the pictures, and I think they were put quite proudly on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think though when Danny takes a picture, he's so fast that every (laughs) everything's blurred. That's a common legend we hear about Danny. Right, I am speed. As Scott told us, it's painful to watch him come around second base. It's like he takes two steps forward and one back. All right, now about a minute left, and and, and her other uh, real big, she was just really big fan of a guy you know personally, uh, Luke. So I, I know Amber wants an update on Dustin Dickerson. Yeah, through six games, he actually was uh, he's in high A now, so he's already had one promotion. Dickerson batting three thirty three. Um, he's been he's already at at seven hits and uh, four RBIs. He actually over the weekend uh, got a walk off single and, and won a game for. Uh, Who's he with? The Quad Cities River Bandits. Great mascot there. There you go, Amber. You can become a fan of the Quad City River Bandits. That's where your man Dustin is at. I might just do that. He's phenomenal to watch. And I jokingly um, say that he reminds me a lot of myself when I played softball back in the day. But that's <laughs> clearly a joke. <laughs> that, that, is, that was pretty funny all year long when I get those texts. Yeah. I, I struggled. I, I struggled great. really hard to find the comparison, dear, but... It just kind of never really came, <laughs> came to the under- front of my mind. Yeah, I don't understand it. I just see it's very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> she must have played with a chip on her shoulder, Bob. <laughs> yeah, well, she did do that. Yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, the whole team had a chip on its shoulder. All right, honey. Well, well I just want to say happy birthday to you, and I know you love the Golden Eagles, and uh, we really appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. The gift happy is birthday. on. The gift is on its way. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> All right. My beautiful and very intelligent, much smarter than me daughter, Amber Getty. All right, uh, Luke, I think we've got all the gremlins worked out. We're good to go tomorrow, and we'll have our good buddy Lee Roberts on the show. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.